You're listening to DraftKings Network. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. This is nice. Welcome to the show, Dwayne Wayne. Hey, congratulations. You're welcome. Welcome to Oddball. I'm Charlotte Wilder, and I don't know where Amin is, but we've no got No time for this. Great- it's the way, way day. We got to go, Charlotte. We got to go. One of the most electric two-way players of his generation, Dwayne Wade enters the Hall of Fame as a 13-time All-Star, an eight-time All-NBA selection, and three-time All-Defensive team member. Boasting a powerful physique and a lightning-quick explosive first step, Wade made teleportation feel like reality on the basketball court. Where they were shifting directions and route to a fast break layup, or closing the gap to make an above the rim defensive play. Overcoming light college recruitment out of high school, Wade managed to lead the Marquette Golden Eagles in 2003 to their first Final Four appearance in over 25 years, notching only the fourth triple double in NCAA tournament history. In the subsequent NBA draft, Wade was the fifth overall selection by the Miami Heat, where he would lead the team to an immediate bounce back season and a playoff berth. Following the acquisition of Shaquille O'Neal, Wade would begin a streak of 12 consecutive All-Star berths, solidifying himself as one of the most popular players in the league. In 2006, he led Miami to its first NBA championship in franchise history, taking home the Finals MVP honors. After being a part of the USA Redeem team that captured gold at the Beijing Olympics in 2008, Wade cemented a friendship with fellow Olympians LeBron James and Chris Bosh who would ultimately see them join forces in Miami in 2010 and rip off four consecutive NBA Finals appearances from 2011 to 2014, winning two more titles for the Heat. In addition to the 2006 Finals MVP award, Wade also won the scoring title in 2009 and was named MVP of the 2010 All-Star Game. In 2021, Wade was named one of the NBA's 75 greatest players of all time. Dwayne Wade, welcome to Basketball Immortality. And there's no better person to talk about the life and times of Dwayne Wade than someone who's been there for almost entirely the whole ride since he's been here in Miami. Jason Jackson, he is the radio voice of the Miami Heat, also host of the post-game show. They pay for a lot. They, he does a lot and of I things. I do whatever they ask. If you That's watch it. Miami Heat local broadcast, you, you see this man. You will find me in your ears and upon your eyes. And it's funny because one of the clips I saw over the weekend was one of Dwayne trying to interview LeBron in a post-game thing, and you're trying to coach him from just off camera. I do recall. And... Uh, like, do you think of him as that young kid 
interviewing LeBron or even younger, that baby face guy in the game winner in the playoffs? Mm. Or do you think of him as he, you know, matured in the older version? Yeah, I, I, I view him through this current lens as a bit of a diplomat of life and living it, mm -hmm. uh, as an ambassador of this game, now a forever, not just a forever Heat guy, now a forever NBA star. Uh, I think you can debate. I, I tend to go the easy route. I just go look at where guys fit in rankings as it pertains to things that we enjoy. Right. Uh, and putting the ball in the basket, he's top 30, right? Yeah. So that's all time, right? And you and I talk about it all the time. It's amazing how few people have actually played at the NBA. Like I, I'm always like, what is it, like 500,000? No. No, man. It's not even 20,000, yeah. right? It's, it's like, like, like 5,000. Yeah. It's and some, so, but yeah. still to be in the top 30 all time of anybody that's received this blessing of playing in the greatest league in the world for this sport, uh, that makes you a dude. That makes yeah. an all time dude. And not only is he <clears throat> a champion, uh, he's now a Hall of Famer. And as you have noted over time, uh, using the club analogy, right. Dwayne is in the club that's inside the club. Yeah. And so that's a really, really cool designation. But no, I look at him now as the uh, team owner. The right. I mean, in, in several leagues, as he will remind you, by the way, uh, <laughs> NBA, G League, and WNBA. Get that man a 2K team. All right? He's, and then he's, he's, got, the, the he's, got, the, he's got the Thanos uh, <laughs> Infinity Stone <laughs> gonna, gauntlet. Just, yeah. And then, uh, obviously, uh, his presence uh, as it pertains to life and living it as a black man and mm -hmm. a father of a child in the LBGTQIA plus community. all the letters. Did it. And uh, it, it's, it's exemplary. Mm -hmm. And makes me think, even though he's 10 years my junior, makes me think about my path as a father. My kids are grown right uh, all the time in ways that I appreciate uh, that you don't always look to a person that's your junior to go, Man, I, uh, there's some things there I need to pick up to. On the basketball court, mm -hmm. where uh, do you think he's most underappreciated? <sighs> I don't think people appreciate the sacrifice. Right. Right. Sacrifice is such an easy word to everyone, say. Everyone says, I want to sacrifice whatever to win. Come on, man. Now, how many actually do it? Outside of Udonis Haslam, in the history of the Miami Heat, how many people can really look themselves in the mirror and said, I subjugated myself from my own growth, right? Because mm -hmm. could he have just gone on that path of just scoring yep. and scoring and scoring? Absolutely. Probably for another five years. Mm -hmm. But would it have been what those four years had been in the sense of trying to win a championship and, and getting the opportunity four times right. and winning two of them? And then also, there, there's got to be a sharing of, of dough. Let's not think that that's... That's, they got a lot of it, it's right? A, so we, it's amazing to me yeah. how people forget that he left money on the table wow. so that they could pay Chris Bosh and pay, uh, who's the other guy? That Was it Mike Miller? Uh, well, no, it was Udonis. It was Udonis. And, yeah. and, and Dwayne had convinced everybody mm -hmm. to take just a little bit less because yep. this, is, this is the guy we need. Yep. Roll the old six. Roll the old six mm -hmm. film from the finals. And I think that was an easy push, but... Um, for a guy that took the full mantle right. of the organization, that torch passed from Alonzo to Dwayne. With all due respect to everybody else, Shaquille right. and everybody along the way, that connective fiber of what it means to be heat in Miami mm -hmm. was a direct pass, and uh, he was able to do some things that are, are unmatched, even with his fellow Hall of Famers. It's 
now known, everyone, if you ask anyone in the organization, anyone in the 305 in South Florida, hey, who's the greatest player in franchise history? Right. It's Dwayne Wade. Period. At what point did people realize? Because I, I always think about that in terms of, we talk about Steph Curry being the greatest shooter in NBA history. Mm-hmm. He was a great shooter always. And then at some point, we're like, yeah, like the, he's got it, and there's no other name on this list. Right. At what point did people have that feeling? Was it pre-LeBron, mm. or was it after LeBron left when the people realized he's not going to end his career here? No. It's interesting, because you do have to make the distinction. The greatest player to put on a Heat uniform versus the greatest player in Heat history right. could be two different answers. They are two different Right, two because different. LeBron James put on that uniform. Right. It, the greatest player of the generation, so you can't say he wasn't. Well, and, but, and you could also argue that you know, if you, I mean, he might not even be number two. Say Shaquille O'Neal. In terms of in terms the greatest, of the where greatest, you rank in the yes pantheon of NBA right. history, correct? But for what he was, for the time he played there, it's just not a debatable thing mm-hmm. when you take tapestry of time, impact on organization, history book. Uh, the reach beyond the confines of the American Airlines Arena, now Kaseya Center. There's just not a parallel, right? The closest person who comes to mind is Alonzo. Right. Because of that foundation setting, not taking anything away from Tim, but Alonzo was first and he stayed longer, and that's how that stuff tends to imprint itself. So we get everybody out of your mentions on that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but when it felt that way, it might have been the return. It really? might have taken that long to articulate it. Right. Like not, you can look at the history book and realize Dwayne was the best in everything that mattered. Right. But to say to yourself, because you're thinking about the end a little bit more, mm-hmm. that when he was done with those, the sojourn, as I like to call it, uh, with Chicago and Cleveland, right. and he's making his way back, and you're really like on your knees, hypoventilating, oh, I'm so glad this is... But you put... Some of that aside, I don't think there was ever a disconnect to what he was and what he had done, which is hard to do when there are three titles. So if it was cemented for most people, and I, you can, I can hear fans in my head already go, oh, I knew when. Yeah. Yeah, okay, okay. But articulating it, right. pointing to it and going, that's the greatest player who's ever played in Heat history, could have been the second the third trophy went up right. after that series against San Antonio. I think that's reasonable. If somebody says that's their line. Right. But I think his departure made us all go, whoa, they're just with the greatest player in Heat history. And therefore saying it more than just thinking it or reading it. Right. Was the, I, th- I think you can stamp that line in the timeline. Yeah. What are you looking forward to the most this weekend at Springfield? It's always the same for me. The speech. The articulation of appreciation for everything from getting in the car to get to the gym and games and practices when you were single digits, and for Dwayne specifically, in one of the hardest neighborhoods in all of America, Mm -hmm. and then getting to the point where you are now, where you're looking at things uh, in a rearview mirror with probably the best vision you've ever had of your life, in your life, of your life, which you gotta get to 41. 45, 50, to really have those abilities as a person to be appreciative of everything, including the hardest of things. Does he cry? I think he has, like, the emotion of where he came from 
And I don't think we ever really think, I think you have to go to Chicago. Right. I think you have to go to Robbins and look around and go, oh, hell. Yeah. That's the stuff where I start getting emotional because he had damn near nothing. And thank goodness for his sister and his father to come in and you know take care of the space when his mother was dealing with her problems. Right. And thank God she found her way all the way back around. So it's a beautiful American story. It's a love story in many ways of life and basketball and excellence that will make me weep as I'm sitting there. So the fact that he's going to be reading off prompter and trying to get that done, good luck, buddy. Hope he doesn't put out the bets. Like some of those guys bet like at what point they're going to, oh, and they're going to lose it. So like, You know what network we're on. We're definitely taking that action. Yeah. Where, when's he going to cry? All right. Yeah. His name's Jason Jackson. He is the radio voice of the Miami Heat. Uh, Jax, Charlotte Wilder here. Uh, got Charlotte? one quick last question for you. Wait, you've been here this whole time? <laughs> yeah, well, you guys were having such a good time, and I'm, you know, I'm not in the room. I wanted to just let you cook. But uh, <laughs> what is what is one moment with with Dwayne and the fans? Like whether it was a reaction <laughs> to something he did in a game, or you know, something that you saw between a fan and and Dwayne when other people weren't around that sort of that stands out to you. I want to clear with a mean that I should answer this question. Uh, you know, go, I, I'm, I've literally just located where she is in the corner of a Zoom screen on a laptop oh. in the control You don't have room. to clear I, anything no with a mean, Jack. Uh, I believe the, this is my house moment. Even though it wasn't a championship moment, even though it wasn't something that propelled the team in any significant way uh, from a seating standpoint or wherever... It was the moment where, if you hadn't already decided that Dwayne was the guy, you realize he was then, because then there were the other iterations of it, of another game winner when he just kind of slow moves the... <laughs> or on the return, uh, the winner against uh, Golden State. He tried to get on the scores table, but Father Time told him, hey, man, this... Yeah. He might have made it that night as the one where I invited him to go to the table again. It was the last home game. Uh -huh. And he went to go get it, and the first time, he had to come back down. Yeah. And he rammed up there again, though. But uh, to be able to jump on that uh, far side table, opposite the scores table, and have those 19,000 people, and then the hundreds of thousands, if not millions of people, uh, that embrace him and the Miami Heat right. uh, brand, it's uh, that's it. He that's a Superman moment, the he, cape and everything. I think we can say unequivocally, Dwayne Wade is the reason why the Dolphins are no longer Miami's number one team in the in the hearts and minds of the people of South Florida. Yeah, it, the Heat. This is a Heat town first and foremost, and the Dolphins come second. It's so crazy to think of it that way because you do still walk around town, or as we like to do, drive, and. <laughs> I think football's still in the dirt. I really do. Like, the really great young athletes in South Florida are, football are still football players. Yes. But they love basketball. Yeah. And there are great basketball players that probably didn't exist at the youth level because of that dream that you're talking about. And baseball will always have sure. its footprint here uh, but because of, of the nations that find that those kids from other nations find their way here. But it is so different from when I arrived, because right. after the 06 championship, the Dolphins had a, a really good season right after that. And I mean all the energy went in that direction. I was like, man, I don't know if we'll 
ever re really be able to move to that first slot. But man, when it just kept coming with Dwayne's excellence and then the addition of LeBron and Chris, I don't think we've moved from this spot. But I'm also not as insane to believe that a real Dolphins run that got them to a conference right. championship or to a Super Bowl wouldn't make this place go nuts. I guess what I would say is, I won't say basketball is the favorite sport down here. Mm. But if you have to pick the pro team, mm -hmm. that is... Thank you. It's my, Thank you. I thought you were going to say, like, because I never want to do the Marino Wade thing. There's a part of this where, when you say Marino versus Wade, there are 30-year-olds, 30-plus-year-old people walking around, married with children and homeowners and spending money on, on entertainment. Right. That didn't experience Marino. At all. So that answer really kind of tells me like more about your age right. more than anything else. I'm sure for, for older people, oh, nothing other top Marino. But if you're someone who's, I would say, what, under 40, mm -hmm. maybe 45, there's, there's only one answer. Right. And the empirical dynamic. Yeah. Just going three championships. Yeah. Zero. Zero. <laughs> and then they're done. <laughs> <laughs> but I stood there and and covered the man for for two seasons and and admired that period for thirteen and his number hangs in the rafters of Kaseya Center for a reason. Yeah, and everybody can mock well, it. They can do whatever they want. Well, we know what the reason. But is. when you realize the reason was the ticket sales weren't doing so well. Like was that? Oh <laughs> seven oh eight. It's still there. Oh seven oh eight. It's still there. That's why that's it's still there. there. Anywho, what a Jason good conversation. Jackson. Thank you, bud. Thanks a lot. Yes, sir. All right, that was just a taste of the conversation I had with this man, Jason Jackson. If you want the full conversation, and we go deep on Dwayne Wade, on life, on society, on America, YouTube. YouTube is your friend. We're going to post it on the YouTube channel. You don't want to miss it. Have you ever wondered if Chet Holmgren might be a descendant of Abraham Lincoln? Or if a UFC fighter could beat an alien in a fight? You might have not, and that's okay. But Shea Serrano and Jason Concepcion from the Six Trophies podcast have. If you love basketball, and more importantly, if you love fun, you've got to listen to Six Trophies, where Shea and Jason serve up the biggest moments from around the NBA with their brand of unbridled joy, banter, and pop culture side quests. Each week, they hand out six pop culture-themed trophies for six basketball-related activities. Stuff like the Denzel Washington in Training Day trophy, given out to the player or team having the best week around the NBA. Or the Lauren Hill you might win some dot dot dot, but you just lost one trophy for the team or player that just can't get it together. Plus a bunch more trophies for all the good, bad, or just plain head scratching moments around the NBA. This playoff season, you'll want to make six trophies your go to companion podcast. Follow Six Trophies on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Hey, Charlotte, how are your fingers feeling? Well, I have a hangnail that I just picked, so my thumb's bleeding. Too bad. You got to show them up because it's word count time on Oddball. That's right. This is the game where we make a statement to one another, and then the other person has to answer the statement in 10 words or less. That's what those... Hungnail, hangnailed. I don't know what the past tense is. Yeah. Fingers are going to be doing today, Charlotte. We'll start you off 
What is the weirdest fact you know about an NBA player and you don't know why? OJ. Oh, God. Males. Okay. <laughs> you broke it. OJ Mayo's real name is Ovinton J. Anthony. That's a really good Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. His brother, his brother's Todd. O.J. Mayo's name is Ovinton J. Anthony Mayo. His brother is Todd Mayo. <laughs> I'm not, speaks for itself. Awesome. Okay, my All right. turn. All right, Charlotte, you ready? Mm-hmm. You're starting a team with this year's Hall of Fame class all in their primes. Who do you take first and why? And just to recap for you, the Hall of Famers are Dirk Nowitzki, Tony Parker, Dwayne Wade, and Pau Gasol. Defense... And blocks win championships. So, D, Dwayne, Dwayne. Wow. So, Dwayne. Wow. She's not going to be able to go home. You know that, right? What? You won't be able to go back to New England. You just picked Dwayne Wade first? Yeah, because I have such integrity to my role as an NBA analyst. I mean, all right, you ready? Someone's trying to get brownie points for the exam. (laughs) Which current player do you think will make the best coach when they retire and why? That's a good one. This one's for you, Tom Habistro. Ish Smith, because he's played a long time and... (laughs) One word left. Smart. <laughs> All right. Ish Smith. Ish Smith. Ish Smith. I think, like, my theory is when you're an NBA player and you've had, like, a journeyman career, mm-hmm. it actually makes you way more equipped to understand the yes. managing of egos and stuff as a head coach than as a star. Because as a star, two things. One, journeyman had to work, right, to be good yep. enough to be in this league. A lot of stars, they work, too. But there are things that come naturally. The Magic Johnson famously was an awful coach mm-hmm. because he couldn't translate what was in his genius basketball brain to regular people. Because yep. he's like, what do you mean? Why didn't you just pass it to the guy who was there? I was like, how was I supposed to know that guy was open? I was like, Magic's like, of course he was open. Because in Magic's mind, it all makes sense. Right. But to someone who has to kind of grind their way to it, it's a little bit harder. So I think journeymen do well. I think, obviously, point guards because they're running shoulder call right. shots. And also, when you've been in the league as long as Ishmith has... And you played a lot of places, you know a lot of people. And a lot of NBA coaching is relationships. Totally. You said you had a name. What'd you got? Well, it popped into my head as either it could be an amazing coach or the worst coach of all time, which is Chris Paul. Oh, my God. See, like Chris Paul, Jimmy Butler, like IQ X's and O's wise. Yes, but like I think they just burn people out. Yeah. They just burn people out. All right. I'm ready. Which current players would you select for the next generation of Inside the NBA on TNT. We're doing a little TV exec work, Charlotte. Um, who, who are you drafting? The current players. There's one. Well, Draymond. Easy. Okay. Pat Beverly. Uh-huh. Uh, that's... Dun, dun, dun. Yeah, that's... I can't speak. Kyle Lowry. Maybe that was a bad choice. Did I do no. a bad job? All no, right. I think it was all right. Your turn. Okay, who do you think was the greatest player most plagued by injuries? Grant Hill 
so for me, I was in high school and Grand Hill was in the league mm-hmm. when he came to the league. And I remember everyone saying, the, the, there was this thing in the NBA at the time. It started before Jordan retired, but definitely during Jordan's retirement. Who's the next Jordan? Yeah. Who's going to carry the flame? Who's going to be that guy who's going to be the face of the league and continue the, pop, the immense popularity that had been building basically from the 80s through Magic and Bird through Michael and I, who was the next in line? And Grant Hill was unequivocally that guy. Yeah. Like he was everything you wanted to, you know, to represent your organization, to represent the entire league and a hell of a player at the same time. He was a great passer. He was a great defender. Uh, he was an okay shooter at the mm-hmm. time, but he, you couldn't stop him getting in the rim. He finished with you know, either hand, although he says he couldn't make a left-hand layup until he was, I want to say like a two-time All-Star. Or really? Like, that's what he says. I don't know if he's... If you just not even funny, but you know the craziest thing, Charlotte, because I what? work with Grant. Hill. Like it's, that's the crazy thing for me is that I went from like being Grant Hill's a Grant Hill fan and had the Grant the feel of sneakers to like approximately a decade later, I'm working with Grant Hill and he's asking me like, "Hey, what do you see and what do you think? Um, what am I doing wrong here?" And I'm like, "Jesus <laughs> Christ, this guy's asking me these things." But Grant Hill, um, he had the ankle injuries, and then in Detroit, they made him play on the ankle injuries. Oh, God. And that made things worse. They did worse. a Thibodeau on him? <laughs> yeah, and then when he went to Orlando, he got MRSA infection, and he almost died. No and a lot of people don't know that. Like, he, he literally almost died. And so by the time he got to us in Phoenix, yeah. like, what was supposed to be a Hall— Well, he's a Hall of Famer, but, like, what's supposed to be— Like, go down that, in history. One is, of the GOATs, yeah. right? He was just reduced to basically being a role player. It's kind of like Derrick Rowe. Yeah. And I never forget, I always say this about Grant Hill. Grant Hill makes me feel bad about who I am as a person because he's so nice and good. And I'm like, the things that I complain about, like if I literally, the world was promised to me. It's mine for the taking, right? Uh, This league is mine. I'm going to be, they're going to write songs about me, make movies about me and all that stuff. And all that was taken away because of mismanagement from yep. one team over here with making me play on a broken ankle, mismanagement from another team over here, almost killing me because you had unclean training rooms, right? That's how MRSA infection happens, right? I would be the most bitter, jaded person ever. And instead, he was always nice to everybody, and it was a genuine niceness. And the last thing I'll say is, Grant Hill walked this very fine line because you can be someone like Grant, do everything the right way, and awesome husband, awesome dad, awesome teammate, and all that stuff, and be kind of corny. Like, think about Russell Wilson. He comes off as corny. Grant yeah. Hill was never corny. Like, he managed to be all that positivity and still be cool. Everyone thought he was cool. And, uh, you know, I can't say uh, There are a lot of great names on this. There's Tracy McGrady and, and Brandon Roy and Penny Hardaway and Bill Walton and Yao Ming. And uh, there's uh, Arvita Sabonis. There's a lot of names. It's but, more rare to be that great and not get injured to the yeah. point where it takes away what could have been on yeah. some level. Yeah. Well. Last one for you, Charlotte. Can you see Steph Curry ever leaving the Warriors? No. Work out. Thanks for watching Oddball. If you can see this and we're blinking, send help. 